I'm Ben. I'm Evan. And I'm Cameron. And we are Dads with Cars. And this episode is for Wendell. Yes. Uh, just so the listeners know, I'm here. I'm Evan. <laughs> but, but, but I've never had a professional job in my life, and I have no idea what my two counterparts here are talking about. So I'll, you, I'll you, also, you also so, about our weeks. So yeah. lost. You guys are laughing and talking about pink lattes and UX, and I have no freaking clue what so there, is happening. There's a few things. But I'm assuming that like everyone else does, except no, for I, me. I, you can relate to this. Do you give the kids what they want when they ask for it? Not always, Right, no. because it's not necessarily the right answer. Right. Correct. Like okay. it, somehow in a professional setting where you're the expert and you're trying to help people who are not the expert and they say, no, but that's what I want. Somehow you can't say, yeah, but you, that's, you shouldn't do that. That's not the right decision. Let me tell you why. Gotcha. You're just like, that's very frustrating. I'm going to take the vape away from you. And they're like, but I want the vape. And you're like, I'm, I'm still taking the vape away from you. <laughs> do you want to hear a fun car story? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> So driving home uh, this afternoon, Kia Stinger, which I, which I think we can all agree is a pretty good looking car. Yeah. I, I like those cars. Yeah. So Kia Stinger, uh, which I saw up ahead, was like way, way up ahead in the night. Then traffic did its traffic thing and I ended up right, right behind them. They had, a, I, I, this is a, a rule check. They had a plate frame, uh-huh. but it was not a Kia plate frame. Okay. It was a 007 plate frame. Mm. Huh, interesting. With the 007 logo. Mm. Okay. So I put on my Evan hat and I was like, ooh, if I get in front of them, maybe they'll recognize <laughs> what my number plate is. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> maybe they'll make go, buddies with a Kia on the highway. <laughs> they got, they'd have to go real deep into the uh, world of James Bond. How but, did that work out but, for you? Well, yeah, nothing happened. So, <laughs> but I did think for a minute, well, if anybody's going to like make the connection, maybe this guy would. Yeah. So, no. No. I, I couldn't even say that if like, oh, if you're a real 007 fan, you would know the license plate number of the car that crashed that one time in that one movie Well, 12 years ago. Eh, so I am going to nah. say this. I, I'm not a huge Kingsman fan, but... The movie Kingsman? Either one of the two. Never seen it. You're not missing much. Other than a really pristine E-type Jag. Oh, cool. In a very, very like dark, but not quite British racing green. And it was like... I can't remember the name of the actor who's like the main dude. Tegan, whatever. Yeah, yeah, him. So he gets out like first scene and I was like, I've seen that car. (laughs) And and like I'm looking at the number plate in the car and I've got it paused. I'm like, I've seen that car. And I go through my photos of a hill climb in the Midlands. And sure enough, I've got photos of that car. No way. Memorized the plate. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, your mind works in interesting ways. I'm a pattern recognition person. Yeah, that's cool. He took a duck in the face. I took a duck in the face. Whoa! At 250 knots. <laughs> Did you like how I calculated the uh, inches? Right, so what? What, is that, what does that? <laughs> mean? You had to step aside from whatever you were doing there for a minute to, trying to, to work decode. I was literally. In we a are meeting. doing a podcast. <laughs> we are. Other people listen to this. <laughs> yeah. So can you explain what that means? It's a quote from a book. Okay. William um, Gibson's pattern recognition. Hence okay. the pattern recognition reference and that I jumped on. She, to clear her mind of things that she's not particularly happy about, has to say, he survived a crash. He took a duck in the face at 250 mi- or 250 knots per hour. In an airplane? Yes, in an airplane. Wow. It was a duck strike. Wow. Duck strike. They used to, and you've probably seen the video, they used to like shoot frozen chickens at the windshields of planes 
to test how strong the windshield was. I don't, I've never seen that or what? heard of that. No. <laughs> they take frozen, that makes sense. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Frozen birds, turkeys, all kinds of different sized birds, and they just fire them at the windshield of the plane. My father, like GE, has a a range for shooting frozen things into turbines. <laughs> of they, course do. they do. Yeah, of course they do. So he decided that he wanted to test the blades on a power turbine, not a jet turbine. So he took the turbine assembly down to the range and had them fire <laughs> frozen turkeys at this turbine assembly. Because he didn't he wanted to know if like something broke loose upstream from the turbine in the steam when the steam hit with the thing. Great lumps of uranium. Or yeah, or whatever. A frozen turbine. I mean, a fr- sorry, a frozen turkey is like a, like a <laughs> bowling ball. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. Was, yeah, I was well, that, like a I mean, cannonball. I think that's, that's the point. point. Yeah, that's so crazy. So they spun the thing up and you know, like powered it up to what they thought the revolutions would be of this thing getting hit with steam and fired a turkey through there and the turkey just came out like turkey soup on the back end. Yep. Wow. Turb- turbine fine. Yep. Turbine one, turkey zero. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But you know, when you're a materials engineer, like those things, I guess, matter. <laughs> and it's are pretty wild. And are fun to do. <laughs> and are fun to do. Would See, you... that'd make it that'd make this week so much better. Right. What'd you do this week? I well... fired a turkey and a bunch of UX <laughs> <laughs> frozen turkey and a bunch of UX people. <laughs> <laughs> Go in tomorrow. So change your plan here. <laughs> You, you got a turkey? Everybody line up outside. <laughs> <laughs> line up for murder. Oh, God. Cake or death? <laughs> I had a highlight in my work week. I was about to leave work yesterday, and, and the office lady there was like, oh, stick around for a few minutes. Trust me. And I was, and I was <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I've got to go home and eat. She's like, just stick around. Trust me. So then I, And then I hear someone down the hall go, Evan, come here. And I go down the hall, and there's a room that's all dark. And I go in the room, and there's like five people sitting in there in the dark. And I'm like, "What's going on?" And they were like, "Surprise!" As a joke, they weren't. It wasn't a surprise for me. I was joining a surprise party for one of the assistant principals at the middle school. Oh, oh that's cool. So what she was saying was, she, I said, "I'm hungry. I'm going to go home and eat, and I'll be back in an hour to pick up my kid." And uh, they were having like a big nacho party with like all this homemade amazing stuff oh cool sweet and i crushed <laughs> some nachos for like a half hour straight i couldn't stop eating that's nice i was in one of those zones where it's like just a bottomless pit it was so good that's and, they, cool. and they had orange fanta my favorite drink of all time like real orange real orange fanta. yeah in bottles they didn't have it in the bottles it was a two liter but it, at least it was like the full sugar one it wasn't like yeah, okay. diet or anything weird cool no it was really good and it was fanta and it was i was very happy should we start a actual podcast about cars <laughs> sure we went for a drive didn't we we did that sunday 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 oh, sunday right. that was a cool drive yeah where we... did you guys go in the end because I, I thought you were going i well originally you were going to santa cruz well we were going to try to go to santa cruz yeah then you didn't want to go to santa cruz well i got invited by one of our listeners not really invited but he just said hey what about loma mar have you ever been to that one i'm like i love that place and apparently there was a car meet there from 10 to 1 on Sunday. So I asked Cam, I was like, what do you think about that? And he's like, cool. And then Cam made a good point. He's like, you know, for me, this is more about the drive than where we're going to stop or meet or say hi to anybody. So in my mind, it's like, okay, well, then Santa Cruz is out and let's do the loop and then just come up Pescadero. Right. So we did that. And 
I think we showed up to that place exactly at 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And so, and we had already been driving for almost two hours. Oh, yeah. Wow. So we met at 7.15, sat there for a while at the coffee place, ripped up over Alba Road, which is completely repaved now, by the way. There's not one bump in the road. Oh, wow. Not one. It's really nice. I mean, it is like, I mean, yeah, it's not, you still can't like go fast. What, on the, the road, coffee but, place in, in Pescadero? Uh, uh, no. no the, we had coffee downtown. Yeah. But Sa- Saratoga? No, San Jose. Oh, okay. The one right near his house. So, but the place, I don't know that you've been there, Ben. You may have driven by it. It's the Lomamar Kitchen. Yep. Really I good like food. Really good food. I've never stopped. I've driven past yeah. it. Oh, yeah. I feel like you were there that one. I've only been there one other time. I thought you were there that day for some reason. So, that's where the Lomamar Cars and Coffee was. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. But there's no parking. Not one space. So, it's a car and coffee. Yeah. It's, it's like 10 cars and coffee. <laughs> yeah. No, there there were a decent amount of cars there. There's probably 30 cars, but... There's nowhere to park. There's not one spot open, and there's people everywhere. And I was fresh, a little frustrated because there's nothing... You, there, there's no shoulder on the road. You can't park on the road either. Okay. So it's like, if there's no parking, you're going to have to walk a mile. So whose bright idea was this? Whoever puts on the lone mark. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it wasn't. it's not a good place, really, to, yeah. to have okay. a... It's a fantastic was, place to stop for coffee yes, like when right. you're just out for a drive but i wouldn't hold an event there they just don't have the capacity so no. uh and i will not be doing that again uh good cars i saw some cool cars it was a, it was an eclectic mix for sure it, it was kind of like the same thing as silicon valley motors but less flashy high-end stuff okay. yeah yeah it wasn't there were like air cooled and you know there was not a splay of a million 20 15 to 2020 GT <laughs> somethings. Yeah. Uh, th- did you remember the uh, yellow Vanagon that I was following? Yeah. Yeah. The and he was kind of adventure mobile yeah, Vanagon. For a yeah. Vanagon, he was kind of whipping. Yeah. yeah. Like I didn't feel the urge to pass him. And no. I'm driving a 911, you know? And I'm yeah. like, wow, this guy's kind of flexing his suspension a bit. And I had a feeling he was going he was going there. And sure enough, he turned in and went into like the actual lot and then did a U-turn and just came out. Yeah. yeah. But I think what frustrated me the most is when you pull in, there's there's a U there. You can pull in and then pull back out. Right. And these two Corvettes like just completely parked right where you get out. So when you pull in to see if there's a spot, you have to back up into the street. What? Because they... They blocked off the exit. Yeah, that wasn't fun. And I, I almost, just to make a point, wanted to get out and be like, uh, could you move your cars, please? This is unacceptable. <laughs> and then, you know. Can you, so you guys didn't even stop then? We, we didn't. We pulled over on the road, and yeah. Evan gave me the look of like, this sucks. And I was like, I don't want to be here. Let's just keep driving. Yeah. And I was so happy he said that, because I, I would have. The only thing I was thinking was, we could pull into the lot, and then just double park like in front of somebody and just be there. And then I thought, why? I, I don't want. I don't need to show off my car. No. I don't need to look at other cars right now. I just no. want to drive. I'm having such a good time. So, so we did. We finished yeah. that drive. Went up 84, and then went to Alice's. We didn't get breakfast at Alice's. We went across the street to the convenience store. And What's got the name sandwiches. of that place? I don't know. They have good sandwiches. They I had, do. I had my a Reuben Oh, there. the deli in there? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah. Really yeah. good. Yeah. He had a Reuben. I had a breakfast sandwich, and we just yeah. hung out. And then I saw a shark blue oh, yeah. 911 T pull in. Oh. Jeff. Jeff. We met Jeff. We met Jeff. And Jeff was nice enough to kind of hang out and talk about his ownership experience. 
That's I feel cool. like we all connected pretty quick. He seemed like a really he's like he seemed, yeah he like he's like our people, you know. Yeah, definitely. He seemed like a good guy. He's got a car and a kid and a couple of dogs. Cool. He had a really cute like seven year old corgi in his front seat <laughs> of his brand new nine eleven T. Which uh, it's just yeah, that was badass. So anyway, that was good because he said all the right things. Like he had a uh, BMW one M for the last eight years. Right. Great car. Yep. Really cool car. And Eight years, he said? Yeah, he was oh the second gosh. owner, but he got it like a year old. Wow. So, and he said he wouldn't wouldn't go back to BMW, and that the car did everything really well. Well, didn't he <laughs> say what, he was on the, I'm sorry, didn't he say he was on the allocation list for something else and then decided to switch to the T because it was taking too long? Yeah, he got allocation for a GTS and then ended up getting yeah, the T, was, but was yeah. not at all disappointed with the T. Yeah. And then what was his spec like compared to yours? His spec was... Uh, Couches. Yeah, he had the couches, everything leather, manual transmission, no rear wheel steer, no front axle lift. Got it. To, cou- no, to couch or not to couch? Yep, still not to couch. Still not to couch. Yeah, and then as I was looking at the both the GT3 Touring and the ST that you sent me, yep. I think the buckets are the way to go Yep, for any of those cars. I think yeah. if you don't get the buckets, you're just, you're kind of halfway to the concept okay what's the concept i thought it was a gt car what do you mean the st <clears throat> no i yeah i get well the sts they say it's a gt car right well it it is and it isn't right like they did the suspension so the it has S- a gt3 front front suspension which no other 911 before that has had correct but they the eliminated the rear wheel steer they did yeah which, that, which i would i thought that was fascinating yeah I thought that was fascinating too. And what I read in a couple of the articles, because I read the one that you sent me, and then I, like, everybody was sending me those. Because I think everybody's like, Did you uh, what, order are you, the ST? "What are you doing?" And I was like, "No, no, this is like a three hundred thousand dollar car." Yeah, like, if you could even get one. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, I, I misread it when I sent it to you. Yeah. I just kind of saw it and said, "Oh, cool." They're talking There's about the letter T in it. Yeah. Right. I just thought it was like. <laughs> Yeah, I You're thought it was the one, 2024 Evan. version of what you have on allocation. Yeah. And I thought, oh, sweet. They're saying that why buy the GT3 <laughs> when this T is even better? And then I realized, you know, and then I saw the price and then actually read the freaking article. And I was, you know, but it's clearly a, a legal. What I was zone. fascinated with is that for the longest time, and this is this this is why I was like, rut-row, because <laughs> the, the article is like, Porsche has been building, you know, road cars for the track. Right. And they made a real statement about building a road tra- road car for the back roads. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah. uh-oh. <laughs> well, no. But see, like, I read all that. And then, again, I was looking at, re-looking at my spec and thinking that through it. And I'd read a few articles about the T, not the ST, but the T. And for those of us that aren't going to drop 300 grand for a car the t is like i had a brief moment of like should i have just gotten the s like am i an idiot and an extra 60 horsepower or whatever and you know blah 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 but everybody was saying about the t the lightweight aspect of it combined with all of the performance suspension stuff that comes on the s but it's lighter by like over 150 pounds like that was the way to go so that's <clears throat> that more than outweighs the extra horsepower then. Yes, and if I really want another 100 150 horsepower, it's 
it's like a two thousand dollar parts and software upgrade. Right. And if I want if I want to be at about six hundred horse six hundred reliable horsepower, it's a software upgrade and just getting the turbos from a GTS. Right. Which are six K. Maybe I, I can't picture you ever wanting to really do that. I don't know you that don't I need, need that. it. You don't need it. No, and that wasn't the point. The whole point was Yeah. The the ST is four liter, right? The ST is basically the GT three RS motor in yeah. a T body with And it's N A. It is N A. It's the four liter. Yeah. So you know you're going back to that, the more high strung motor. I think the one thing that the T isn't going to have that the ST has is like the gearing on the transmission. That that was that the was thing. Fascinating. That, yeah, that they really <laughs> thought about the gearing for roads, back yep. roads. Yeah, I'm not sure all of that's worth another two hundred grand. No, I mean that's what I'm thinking. Like for, I mean, I, I get that it's a one of nine hundred one nineteen hundred and sixty three cars, but like, I have a theory that it's just going to come out the next year as a regular other car. No, I have a theory. I have a strong suspicion that in the end, Porsche will make less 911Ts than 1900 and whatever. Right. Because in the same model as Evans, the 991, those cars are all like accelerating in price, like well beyond what they sold for because there's so few of them. Right. Because I think it's like one of those classic things. The dealer isn't going to try and grab all of their allocation. They're just going to wait for customers to come in and, and order them specifically. They're not going to have them sitting around. Right. Because in some ways it doesn't make sense. Like the equation doesn't make sense. Well, you have to you have to be really pretty confident in knowing what it is you want to do with the car to make that choice. Yes. Yeah. And And I think everybody's going to want a slightly different spec. There's me who wants like enough of the gt aspect of it that i want the front axle lift because i don't want to crash the front of it on things and then there's jeff who's like no i wanted it stripped it was light and i didn't want to add any weight right so that's kind of a hard car on either of those scenarios to have just sitting on the lot yeah they would sit around for a while totally so i think it's good it's almost like made to order and then they're just not going to make that many of them yep yep and so i think in the end there probably will be not that it will ever get to 300 grand, right? Like in those cars will probably still be worth north of 300 grand after they're done selling them. But yeah, I mean, I don't know if you saw the comments, but people are saying they're going to, they'll trade hands for double that. Crazy. Just like they are. Just basically because of the exclusivity of it being like the anniversary car. Yeah. 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 It's like the R it it sounds ridiculous because even, even what I'm paying for the one that I'm getting seems ridiculous, but for the person that wants the not half a million dollar version of that and be probably 85% the way there or more. Right. I think I'm doing that. Yeah. And the more I read about the spec of those things, I largely was like, I feel like I'm building the back roads car. Right. Which is exactly what I want. Okay. So we came into this with buckets or no buckets and, and we're going with buckets. Yeah. I think in the end that, that makes the most sense. Cool. And for the, Next, however many years you're, sa- you're saying, carbon same th- seats I had in the GT4. Gotcha. Which I never like. I was one of the people that never had a problem sitting in those seats. Like I'm not a particularly big human being, and I guess my legs are the right length, so I could sit in those all day and be comfortable. Other people who are probably taller than me have claimed that because you can't adjust the rake of the seat, it's uncomfortable after a while for them, and that may be true. Like if you have 
much longer arms and legs than I do, you might want the back of the seat pitched back. So you can't further. adjust that with a screw or something and then just leave it like that? It, it's it's a single one piece. piece. Yeah, it's wow. a single piece. You're sitting at the correct angle. Yeah, apparently. The German correct angle. Does the whole thing pivot? Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, that's acceptable. You then. can drop the back of it, but right. only only a certain number of degrees, and it's not. It's but the not front, but the front comes up. Adjustable. When you do that, the front comes up. Right. No, just the back goes up or down. So you can pitch. It's like this. That's but what yeah, I mean. But yeah, the whole thing. So moves. It goes like that. It yeah. can't go like that. Right. right. That's right. Wave, Making waving my hands hand on motions. Yeah. yeah. So we have that makes me feel like we should segue to this question that I have from, yeah. from a go listener. For it. This is from Brian, who we met at the Cars and Coffee at the Silicon Valley Motor Club a couple weeks ago. Oh, cool. Hey, first, Brian. First of all, I told Brian I, we talked. I felt like we talked a little shit, but I didn't mean it that way. But but I was, you know, I just said, "Oh, this guy half my age has a GT3. What's what's up with that?" It's mainly just because I'm jealous, Brian. But but uh, he he corrected me and said he's 42 years old and actually has two children. <laughs> A ripe 42, he He's said. Like, I'm one of you guys. Yeah, exactly. Stop with the hate. Hey, he, you look good, Brian. What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> it's a compliment. Um, but anyway, his he asked us a question from our website, dadswithcarspodcast.com. And his question was, do we have a consensus on whether or not it's appropriate to put a car slash booster seat on the lightweight buckets of a Porsche GT car? Uh, yeah, I'm going to answer that one. Uh, but by the way, he in. just means booster seat, right? Not a straight up full car seat, right? Either one's totally acceptable. Yeah. I mean, uh, I believe that Cameron is qualified to answer this question. I, I've done it. Okay, but wait. I have one concern about that. Yeah. And, and you can go more into into detail, like what to, what you did. But sure. my only thing I think of is... Airbag? Yeah. Yeah. The airbag's smart. What do you mean the airbag's smart? The airbag knows that if the person sitting in the thing under is under 50 pounds, it's not going to go off. That's the light that comes on in your car. Okay, no, I, but you can't turn the airbag off? You no. don't know. You don't have to. There's a there's a pressure sensor yeah, in the seat. I understand there's a sensor. But, okay, so so you're saying as long as the kid is less than 50 pounds, the airbag won't get off. Yeah. Won't go off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I in didn't the, really think about that. In my 1999 Boxster, which was my father's before mine and he used to pick alex up from preschool we had to put a porsche acquired bar in that turned like there's no key the the last car that i had where there was a key to shut off the airbag was my 2001 audi tt 225 this doesn't have that you put some bar in and it connects i don't know i can't remember what it does but like it it's what holds the seat down, and it tells the airbag not to deploy. Oh, interesting. And, but then what are the rules with a booster seat? Can't you be... If you're in a two-seat car with no back seat, you can you are absolutely legally okay putting your kid in the front seat. Gotcha. If there's four seats and you put your kid up there, no bueno. So legally, it's okay. Yeah. What if the kid does weigh 50 pounds? Then then it's safe for the airbag to, be, to hit him? Then, then they it, need to be front-facing, not rear-facing. It's only the rear-facing airbag issue because the car seat smacks heads right your up kids, against it. Like head first into the back of the seat. Right. Yeah. But any forward-facing, which would be any booster seat, no problem. Yeah. Well, there I, you go. I, I think maybe Brian <laughs> was maybe more worried about 
Am I doing damage to my carbon bucket seat? <laughs> well, that's a question too. And and should Let's I address be, that too? Should I be putting this booster seat, you know, on my pristine uh, race tech seats? The answer is definitely yes. Yeah. Fuck yes, Brian. <laughs> Get to that. And Brian, just so you know, I had a nine nine. You might have heard it in a previous podcast, but I had a nine nine six, and I put. Actually, she was so tiny; it was a rear-facing seat, and I put the front seat all the way forward and put her in the back of that thing. Yeah, nice. I just like made it happen. I just thought I'm doing this. I'm yeah. putting my tiny little kid in this yeah. Porsche, and we're driving very quickly to school. Yeah, <laughs> or I mean, not school, but you know, wherever the hell we went. I uh, I used to, I I got a lot of not approving looks from people at my son's preschool good i was carting him around in my s2000 with the top down <laughs> love it which was the thing then when my dad like because his only car was the boxster and he had to go and pick my son up one day and he's like is it okay if i put him in the box i'm like yeah you're gonna get a bunch of disapproving looks but if i were you i'd rock up with the top down <laughs> then they know you know where the genetics come from yeah um so my son's sat in the front. Well, I mean, he sat in all of my cars in some way, shape, or form in the time that I've had them. Um, and I am not worried about gunk on the seat or anything else. Well, I think from when I first met you, he was probably eight years old. And he was in the front seat of your GT4. And yeah. Charlie was in the front seat of... Wait. BMW. Yeah, my BMW. And we were hauling ass around. Yeah. But Charlie definitely, I mean, she's a regular size human now, pretty much. Yeah. So Alex my, my, my daughter sits in the front seat of my Porsche every day on the way to school. Thumbs up from dads with cars, bro. Yeah, I mean. Do it. And uh, if you're worried about your upholstery, P1 Designs, just get yourself a non-race text insert set. That's a good idea. And if you want to borrow a set. I've got a set at my house that you can use. <laughs> but at that car show, at that Silicon Valley Motor Club show, for the several times we, I feel like we've been there, I definitely remember seeing a lot of booster seats and car yeah. seats. Yeah, it's sitting really impressive. In, sitting yeah. in the front of some seriously fancy cars. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, fancier than a GT3. Like, I, like really nice cars. Like, yeah. I love the GT3. I'm not saying it's not a great car, but like I was blown away that there was a car seat in the front of that Ferrari or whatever we saw, you know? I mean, are we like, are we somehow saying that small humans should not go with us at a high rate of speed in a car that's totally I, safe? Oh, I'm definitely not saying that. Yeah. I'm, but I I'm think some of the wives that. might be saying that. But I mean, again, you might be able to get out and do more car things if you take your kids with it's you. It's true. That's, Which that's is how, what we've experienced. That's how yeah. we're sitting here, right? Yeah, how exactly. do we figure out how to do this? Well, we just take them with us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's my problem now. Yeah. So, yeah. see ya. I, I, I will ask a question. So, I do sometimes think this. So, you know, at the weekend, I'm, I go wherever with the kids and whatever that happens to be. Uh, or even our favorite off-ramp on 280 to go to school. Yeah. And, you know, both my kids, they're both like, Daddy, go faster, right? <laughs> totally. <laughs> and, I, and I think to myself, what's going to happen like in a few years or maybe even like sooner, like when they're hanging out with their friends and they're in their friend's dad's car and they're chugging along at 17 miles an hour, they, what are they going to think? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm lost. That they're going to think that this guy's a wuss. You know, like, <laughs> you he mean they're, drive they're, like my cool they're dad. with a friend who has a 
parent who drives like an old elderly person. Just drives like a normal person, maybe. Yeah, doesn't drive like us. Gonna think about it. <laughs> My kid doesn't. I mean, he's in a carpool now, and he's like. Although the one thing he said is. They have a Tesla Model Y. Oh, God. And I was like, you are my son. And he's like, it's just such a horrible car. I was like, what makes it horrible? He's like, have you been on the inside of a Model Y? I'm like, no, actually, I haven't. He's like, it's just cheap and shitty. Oh, he said that? Yeah, I was like. Sounds just like you. Like, Oh, boy. And you're like, can I hug you right now? Awesome. Yeah. When we went on our drive, we were behind a couple of those on 84. And they were both white, and they were both going painfully slow. Actually, one of them was trying to go fast for a minute, but the car was flexing so much that I'd swear I thought it was just going to go right off the road or flip over or something. Spontaneously and, combust. Yeah. Spontaneously combust. Yeah. It just felt like one of those old cheap video games, like the Need for Speed back in the late 80s, <laughs> that you play on your PC, where all the games, all, all the cars you have to pass are identical. Yeah. Yes. You know? I that, think it was pixelated when is we that, drove by. Yeah. Isn't, isn't that just what driving like in California is like every day? It kind of yeah. is, yeah. It's like, oh, look, a white and black Tesla model something. <laughs> on the way Which here. Which is exactly what it was, wasn't it? They were all yeah. white model somethings. Yeah. With the dark blacked out windows. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh, look, they're all model wise. Yeah. Yeah. Well, today there was one in front of me on the way over here to do the podcast. This girl, she's in the left lane. It's a two-lane, one-way street, and she's in the left lane. I'm behind her. Light turns green. She slows down, puts her right turn signal on, and there's cars in the right lane, like, whipping past. And I'm like, I just lay on my horn. Like, what are you doing? Like, you need to go. You can't just sit here and wait. But I made a mistake. So she waits a couple seconds (laughs) and then gets over to the right. And all, you know, the cars had gone. No big deal. She gets over to the right. And I was patient after that. He beat my horn again. Turns out there's some dude just standing in the middle of the street with like, like showing his phone to her. Oh. Like a crazy person. Yeah. You know, just standing in the middle of the road. And I I was on my motorcycle. So I just kind of like pull up face to face with the guy. And I'm going like 15, just passing him. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) And he walked off the road after that. But it's like, okay, you know, you just never know, right? I'm thinking this yeah. this dumb person. No, she's just not trying to run over a homeless guy, which I completely understand. So I was following this guy who was going 12 miles an hour. Idiot. In a 25. Fucking in, in idiot. In a 992 Targa. And I'm behind him in my BMW. Why would you ever drive a 992 Targa at 12 miles an hour? Good question. M- my feeling is that Later on, about five seconds after, well, whatever. I'm following him. He's going so slow that I just can't believe it. And I just stayed behind him. I kind of gave him the what are you doing hands. We all know what those hands are. You know, like just open palms. Yeah. What the heck? So You're like Abraham in the desert. Exactly. Oi, what is this? So he slows down even more after he sees the hands. And then finally, I like just beat my horn about this long. I go, beep. Not super short, not long, but enough to be like, that's dude. An ex- that's an acceptable length. Can you please just go the speed limit? This is absurd. Now, meanwhile, I will say I'm on the kind of street with cars parked on both sides of the road. And if one car is coming one way, you got to like pull over to let him go because it's that tight. So maybe he's afraid someone's going to dart out, you know, okay. like in the road. Okay, fine. Um, anyway, turns out he lives right there. So we go through two blocks, and in the middle of the third block, or maybe the second block, no, third block, he turns into his house. And I kind of like slow down a lot and kind of very nicely actually out the door. I said, hey, man, are you okay? 
Uh, oh, oh, by the way, I, after we beat my horn out of his target top, he gave me the finger aggressively, like shaking his hand, like, fuck you, you know, multiple times. And then I see him in his mirror yelling and screaming in the side mirror. So he pulls into his house and I kind of slow down a little bit. And as I'm kind of passing him, I say, hey, man, are you OK? I'm like, I just. I just don't understand why you're going so absurdly slow. You're going less than half the speed limit. And as I'm getting that out, he's not listening. He is screaming at me and he straight up challenges me to a fight in his backyard. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I'll kick your fucking ass. Let's go right now. Follow me. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Trying to get me to follow him into his backyard. So I just obviously don't do that and continue on with my day. A couple of days go by or a day goes by and I can't stop thinking about it the injustice of it all which i which i hate i hate the fact that you can't stop thinking about it it's stupid not you personally i just hate when stuff like that yeah. happens. you can't let you can't you know what it is ben is that i would normally be able to stop thinking about it dumb shit happens to all three of us every single day when we're on the road but the fact that i pass by this guy's house twice a day when i go to work or when i go to drop the kid off and it's going to be a daily reminder kind of yep, yep. And I was just so annoyed, mainly also because I drive a 911. He's in a 911. There were several things that made it stick with me a little bit more, those two being the main ones. And that he actually challenged me to a fist fight. And he's like 70 years old, maybe 65. <laughs> right. You know, older guy. Can I? Yes. Maybe a different way of dealing with this. Like, <laughs> I get it. I would think about that too. But. Back to the whole, you know, closure versus silent revenge. The silent revenge is you were the adult in this situation and you get to drive by there every day. Like you get to be the one who's like cruising by. You could slow down every single time. And he has no idea. Like, does the guy in the BMW, is he like armed to the tooth at this moment? And could potentially like do me some serious harm. Like he has no idea about you. He was fucking out of his mind crazy. And you could just keep rolling by there. Like you could drop the window just a little bit and peer out and be like, what's going on? Right? Like that's fucking frightening. And meanwhile, like he's like, Rah! you know, I can't. Like you could totally just be like, you could roll down the window. You could do something different every time. You could be like, do you know who I am? roll the window back up like he has no idea who you are he's like holy shit this guy could be connected to the chicago yeah. mob well first of all i would never like let him know who i am you know like in engage my or, or put my face with my car together and be like hey it's me you know look there's two two different schools of thought first of all i'd like to say to our listeners i've never done this in my entire life what i'm about to do you know the, <laughs> what I did. I, it's the first time, and it was petty, and it was fun for me. I was bored, and I was thinking about it, and I was pissed off that this guy wanted to fight, that he's that old and still doesn't know how to deal with people on the freaking street. Yeah, but that he has to live with that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I wrote a letter, a passive-aggressive letter, and I left it on his... I, I taped it. I actually got all incognito got on my electric bicycle and went over there and like <laughs> taped it on his garage door with a full on like COVID mask on a helmet and dark sunglasses. 
So there's no way he could see, you know, if there were, I didn't see any cameras and I looked, but you know, you never, you never know these days. I assume, I always, always assume I'm on camera, but uh, anyway, I stuck it to his door. And when I went by there the last couple of days, it's still stuck to his door. And today I noticed he wrote something on the letter, like on the outside of the letter. Like he, it probably says, fuck you. Come over here. I'm going to kick your ass. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, I think, maybe it's like, I think, this, I think I'm you sorry. know what you have to do. I, oh, I definitely know what I have to do. <laughs> Well, wait a minute. What do you think I have to do? Yeah, you have to retrieve the letter. I have to. <laughs> All I was thinking was I, I ride my electric bike over there in the evenings because I like to go over to Santa Clara University and ride around because it's a great little campus to ride around at night. It's dead and it's just kind of cool over there. So, And I ride by, right by there and I thought I could just on my bike, I don't even have to stop moving. Like I could just reach my hand out and just grab it and just keep going, you know, or even on the way home tonight on my motorcycle. Who knows? So I am curious. I'm going to follow you and honk my horn <laughs> as you're doing it. And my letter, you guys read my letter. It was it was very nice, but it was definitely passive aggressive. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I never cursed. I never called him a name. I, I was just like, may I suggest next time possibly either speeding up a little bit or, or just waving and saying, you know, just a friendly gesture. Um, you know, I, I was very... I so was, have I you was, stopped I, thinking I, about I, I it? I killed him with kindness. You have had the last word. Yes. He's written something on the letter, but until you read it, you still have the last word. Right. I feel like if I grab it, then I'm opening the door again. Well, or then, he's going to be like, ha ha. No, but then he, then he has the last right, word. Right, exactly. Whereas right now he knows that you still have the last word. I think it tortures him a little bit. That, That's that what I, I'm saying. That like, I haven't leave, picked it up. Leave that thing right there. I'm going to leave it there. That's what I'm saying. Like All of this is just... It's a Seinfeld episode, is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it'd be entertaining for the podcast. I'm not I'm looking not for. I'm not, not looking for therapy here. I, I'm not trying to therapize you. Therapize is that a word? Yeah, it is. Hmm. You seem to be getting kind of riled up. <laughs> I am a little defensive. Pushed yeah, his get, yeah. Pushed I mean, his buttons like, for sure. Jesus. <laughs> Maybe it's because the whole time we're talking, you're never looking at me. I'm not looking at anybody. I know. You're looking over there. <laughs> Maybe if you could just look me in the fucking eye while you tell me this shit, I, could, I might be able to cope a little look bit Look me in the eye when you yeah, do it, Look Cameron. me in the eye and tell me that shit, Cam. <laughs> oh, he's moving. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so much better. That is so much better. Now, I'm Cam, not, I'm not tell me how you feel. <laughs> no, it's not about how I feel, Evan. It's about how you feel. <laughs> Tell me about your mother, Evan. Look, I, I'm I'm an oversharer. I'm overly engaged in shit. I communicate way too much when I shouldn't. I'm out. Same. <laughs> it's for it's for those reasons I'm out. <laughs> no, I think you meant of booze. Yeah. <laughs> Everything I own's broken. Again. We're talking about cars. Yeah. Okay. What's up with your? What's up with the seventy four? Uh, not, not that you own it yet, but you know the backfiring went. So when Evan and I were were driving, well, let me back up. The car had a catastrophic failure of the coil. That's what we talked about. The oily can. Yep. So the oily can imploded to the point where when it was bench tested, oil was spewing out. I think we talked about that too. We did. So we replaced the oily can with a less oily can and you know, the car runs, but when Evan and I went driving, it's still backfiring. It's just, instead of it backfiring on acceleration, now it's backfiring on deceleration. 
and then it's leaking oil as well. Oh yeah, I saw the. I I was very Evan, Evan found that. I, I yeah. actually kind of diagnosed his car while we were driving on the highway. <laughs> no way. I was like, I'm seeing puffs of oil at intermittent levels. You know, like time levels where it's, you know, once every five seconds and then every ten seconds. I'm like, it reminds me of when my car had a leaky valve cover gasket yeah. and it was leaking on the manifold. Which is exactly what it was doing, except for not from the... Yeah, and I figured it wasn't the valve cover gasket really because I don't know what... Because I know the layout of that motor a little bit and I'm like, I don't think the valve cover could hit the manifold. The valve cover could it, hit it could? the manifold. Okay. So that's where I looked first because I was like, yep, Evan's onto it. But then I thought, well, the motor is a fresh motor. Why would the valve cover gasket yes. be blown? Yes, and thankfully, it's not. Okay. Uh, it's leaking from a hose that comes off the sump, but... Okay, so that's not a big deal. No, but my father said, hey, the backfiring, especially if it's out of the exhaust, he's like, so the backfiring that you had when you were accelerating is backfire through the intake manifold, which is really bad. He's like, when you're decelerating, you're getting backfire through the exhaust, which says you probably are in a, he thinks it's a lean condition, um, which might be right, because Kevin, the mechanic, said he leaned it out when it was in having the oily can replaced so it's going back there in a week um they have time post run sport to actually work on things like that was part of the problem is like i dumped the car off on them they were not expecting the car and they turned it around to basically get it out of their shop because they're overwhelmed with cars getting ready for run sport this weekend so anyway it's hard to drive uh as you know like i i can't push it and then expect to engine brake or decelerate rapidly with the you know just by letting the clutch out or whatever in second or third gear in turn so it makes that hard to drive and the 1602 is just it runs like it did before it got a new motor just with a lot more power it's as hard to drive as it was when it was running the blown motor and it's kind of doing the exact same thing that it was doing when it had the not great motor wait a minute but it was running great for a long time wasn't it, it after was. you got the motor back yes for like three months and then i thought flawlessly. you and then you had a fuel issue of some sort no i had an electrical issue but it was just a loose connection and that was diagnosed quickly and we got it back on the road and it was fine for another few weeks okay and then and then what happened then diego and i swapped the accelerator cable because that's what i was thinking of the accelerator cable, when I got back from the shop, you literally pushed the pedal halfway down before you got any acceleration. So the entire like throw of the pedal was half what it should be to go from idle to f- wide open throttle. So we fixed that, and now you get throttle uh, idle to wide open throttle with the full throw of the pedal. Hmm. But ever since then, it hasn't run right. And I don't think that it's just the cable. I think there's some electronic issue because it was skipping it. it f- My hunch is that before the motor was done, it was running on three cylinders and it was running incredibly rich as a result. Cause you know, it wasn't firing a cylinder and basically that fuel is just flowing through and then getting heat up in the exhaust manifold and largely just heating the engine bay. And it's doing that again, but we ran, um, we checked all of the spark plugs and put a spark plug tester on each of the individual uh, plug wires and fired the engine up like one right after the other to see whether or not we were getting spark and we were and it was consistent. 
So it's either it's either a vacuum issue, a short, or maybe the inject like one of the injectors is just screwed up and just dumping fuel into the engine. I don't know. And do you want to bring it? Are you leaning towards, or have you even talked to the guys who put the the, the motor in? Or I've been playing like phone it's not tag. their responsibility or what? Well, I mean, I'm getting billed no matter what. Like, even if I take it back to them, they're going to have to diagnose it and figure all that out. Yeah. Which is one of the things that, like, I didn't really contemplate, which was I now have so much specialty gear that nobody can work on. I don't know who's <laughs> actually going to work on this thing. Yeah, it's kind of scary. Yeah, it's like AI. Yeah. Like, no one knows what's going on under the hood. It's out right. of all of our control. <laughs> it totally is. Like, I, I, like, Jeff came over. We spent almost three hours looking at it. We were going through, like, to check connections. We were testing wires. We were trying to look at the load, obviously, across the spark plugs. We had a heat gun out. We were trying to figure out which cylinder is, is running hot um, through the manifold, which it's cylinder three. Um. But at the end of the day, we don't really know how to fix it. And the wiring harness is so bundled up that it's literally like disassembling the wiring harness to see if there's any any shorts in the wiring harness. But I mean the if the you're getting a spark, right? So you're getting Yeah. Yep. And what's the symptom? Like what does it feel like when you're driving it? So when it's idling, it's not a consistent idle where it's like it's like like and then when you're driving it it doesn't drop back to idle smoothly it's like oh yeah 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 and you know it's not what about on, my engine noise you it's want pretty should good. i do the yeah, tesla yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway what about on hard acceleration uh it is there is hesitation and then it's fine and it's like full power. So like you're say you're doing 25 miles an hour and you hard accelerate and you know, you're up, you're, you're trying to go from 25 to 65, right? You're getting on the freeways. Great example. It will be fine and linear from idle up to 25 miles an hour. But then when you are say like at the point where you're trying to go up, the on-ramp onto a freeway it hesitates and then all of a sudden it's like full power have you noticed the motor torquing a lot like on the engine mounts or anything like that when you were revving it it nope. stays pretty stable yep i keep thinking like some like a small vacuum line or, or air intake hose yep. or something yep. has a crack in it and that every time the engine torques it's letting air in and choking it out maybe but but I mean, it at idle, really sound when like nothing's that. happening, right, exactly. it's just sitting there idling. It's doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff thought the same thing that, that there might be a vacuum line that is not seated properly or isn't. But remember, 95% of my vacuum lines are now hard copper lines. Like, there's not a lot of plastic or rubber in there to go wrong. Right. Yeah. And then you can rule out a lot of stuff in the engine because the engine's new. So it's not like it's a head gasket. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing I think that like everybody that's looked at it is like, it's not anything mechanical. Right. It's more Which is like good. It's not anything major, but if you can't find it, <laughs> yeah, it could take 50 hours exactly. to figure out like where the short is or what sensor's gone wrong. Or... What about bringing it to Andy? Would you consider that? I mean, but like, 
No, because it's so... Frankenstein? It's so specialized at this point. It's like, you know, it's not like he's like, oh, on these particular fuel injection systems, the injector goes wrong. It's a cheap avenue to take, an inexpensive avenue to take, you know, to, to have him take a peek at it. But look, I trust you. I mean... Well, I don't know. I mean, like, I'm running out of ideas. Exactly. Like, I'm sort of like, maybe maybe it is the throttle cable that's all messed up. Well, that wouldn't that wouldn't affect idle. No, it shouldn't. And I mean, I have an idle air controller in there to, like, smooth everything out, which is, seems to be operating normally. Like, it shuts off the moment it gets to temperature. Right. Is there, is, is there, I'm sorry, is there, like, a distributor on the car? Or is it electronic ignition? No, it's it? all electronic ignition. Okay. Yeah, no distributor. So the time the computer controls the timing hmm. and should be able to basically dial back the timing or dial up the timing if it's you know that part of it's supposed to be like normal modern engine management it's like right. okay this cylinder or you know at this point in the cycle it's running rich like dial down the fuel right like it does the same thing your car did when it can't figure out how yep. to meter fuel so, I can't remember what I, I can't remember where you where you landed on this. Sell it, push no. the thing off a cliff. <laughs> no. uh, crankshaft sensor and cam sensor. I only have a crankshaft sensor, so it's just a crankshaft sensor. Correct. I can't run sequential. Uh, I can't run sequential ignition, so I have a wasted spark ignition. It just fires the coil twice per cycle. Yeah. Okay. Which isn't the end of the world. No. Every Ford from 1980-something on does Every that. Ferrari V8. Yeah. Uh, Sequential would be nice. It really would. But yeah. I mean, of of an era, right? Kind of the Bosch era back. And, yeah. And like mechanical distribute. Like like the 308 engine that has the same thing. It's a V8 now, obviously. Right. Okay. Because, I mean, that's like that sensor and that timing, that could affect idle. Yeah, and I mean, I was under there looking at the sensor and making sure that that hadn't shifted or moved, and it hasn't. And I mean, the wiring that they did on that, like, I thought, oh, well, maybe if it's, like, hanging down, it's it's like eight inches below the lowest point of the motor, and all of the wiring is tucked up against the block. So, so like, a rock couldn't have taken it out right. or, you know, bent the timing wheel or any of that stuff because it's all protected that that wiring loom it doesn't go around like a hard corner it's not like cinched down with like cable ties too tight there's no like friction no that was the only friction thing short was, inside or anything no that was the only thing that i was thinking about with the uh the throttle cable is that you know it is a pretty hard bend down against the uh the firewall down to the pedal assembly which might cause that to be sticky, but yeah. not, not again. That doesn't seem like it's the main problem. No, but it sounds like you could just disconnect the throttle cable and you'd still have the idle. I think that's right. Right. Yeah, that's where I was going to go next is just to take the entire assembly off and see what happens. Let's say you get it fixed this week. What are you going to do with the car? I don't know. I was thinking Nissan 240Z. <laughs> I saw a video today on Reddit of a 280Z on a dyno. Uh-huh. That was pretty sweet. 240 over 280? You you would do that or either or what? Um, I don't even know the difference. I'm assuming it's a... I'm just what, would you guess, what would you guess the difference 2. is? 2.4 liter or yeah, 2.8 liter. You're right. Um, and carbs versus fuel injection. Yeah, 240 just because I like the look of them. Like early... 
9-11s and I don't want to smog. I just yeah. don't want to deal with that hassle. Yeah. That's one of the things I love about both the 1602 and the uh, 74. But I get the vibe you're trying to get away from old cars in general. Am I wrong? He's just a glutton for punishment. Yeah, I think that's. I think it's true. Although it's not going to be a put together car with a bunch of different parts from other cars like your your uh, sixteen oh two is. I think it'll, I've just it'll be. like maybe this is me owning me in this situation. I think I overcomplicated the build, and by overcomplicating the build, one I've sucked up a bunch of time, and two, now I'm at a place where I don't actually have the ability to maintain or troubleshoot the thing I've built, which is not great. So I could disassemble my build and try and figure that out and do it myself, which might over the long term be the thing that saves me because then I can document, like I had all this stuff documented, but it's been to two different shops at this point. So does that sound like fun to you? No, it doesn't. I think it used to, right? It used to. I yeah. used to love this problem space, and it was like, I'm going to figure this out, and it's going to sure. be amazing. I'm the same way, man. And now I'm like, I don't fucking want to do this, and I'm just about the <laughs> like, I that you know what? I'm just it, about the driving. So it's yeah. quite funny you mentioned that because that uh, that was right about right about the time that we met was when you had like the wiring loom all like all mm-hmm. laid out on the floor in yep. in the old house. Yep. And it, you were like, I don't know how I'm going to figure out how this all goes together and how this all gets wired up. Yep. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was almost at that point again, Ben, where I'm like, F, uh, <laughs> mega squirt, because nobody wants to work on it. And then I was doing research on what people do want to work on in old cars, and hall tech is the thing that everybody wants to work on. Okay. Um, but then I came don't across... Don't go there, because that was going to be my next suggestion. What's that? Rip it out. Put something else in. Yeah, well, so I was looking at fuel tech, which everybody has been raving about. Like, hey, the technical support from these guys is amazing. Two, they make a ready-to-go four-cylinder harness. They make a ready-to-go six-cylinder harness. They make a ready-to-go eight-cylinder harness. And the ECU itself, you can do the majority of the programming on the ECU. You don't even need to plug a computer in. It's got a little four-point six you know inch screen so you can do a lot of the setup and everything and get the thing running and then the only thing that you which i could probably just import in my fueling tables yep and hey i got be done i wasn't i wasn't actually going that far i was gonna go less far you want (laughs) to you want to know my idea yeah go for it Mechanical fuel injection. Yeah, just fuck it. Just go back to what it was. Would your engine even work with that? No. No? I mean, go back Go back to what the 1602 was? No. Single Solex on a fucking restrictive <laughs> manifold where the, the carb's sitting up at the top of the engine like this and the fuel's going down. Yeah, I could do that. Mechanical fuel injection. Really mechanical, di- mechanical distributor. Yeah. I mean, or... I mean, Jeff rolled up on my house, dual side draft Webers, yeah. and, you know, do that mechanical, mechanical, you know. Hey, t- hey, if nothing else, at least people will work on that. Some people will work on that. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, you bring up a good point, right? Like, a set of Webers on the side of that thing would not be particularly difficult. I mean, you could do, you could do like an electronic distributor, right? Yeah. You wouldn't have just to get do a mechanical. one, two, three. Exactly. Yep. That would just, it would remove so much of the complexity that exists now. Agreed. Yeah. I just don't know whether you have the energy or <laughs> desire to go through that whole thing. Well, I mean, honestly, carbs could be put in that thing in a day. Yeah. In an afternoon. Yeah. And then I'd have to source a new distributor and figure all that wiring out, which wouldn't be that difficult. I mean, those are options, certainly. It'd be fascinating to see what, like, straight up, like, BMW 2002 TII mechanical fuel injection with the single (laughs) um, throttle body down the, you know, multi-horns on a two-point almost 2.2 liter engine would do probably be kind of fascinating to drive. I think it would sound good. Yeah. I mean, the ultimate thing would be get the Alpina fuel pump and the Alpina mechanical fuel inject. That would sound fucking (laughs) insane. (laughs) That tooth belt with the mechanical fuel injection spinning like, I don't know. I think they're like 40 PSI or something ridiculous. Really? Yeah. The Porsche one definitely is. Yeah, it'd be cool. A lot of money. Yep. In something that's already been a cash incinerator. The other part of me is just like, cut your losses. Let somebody else figure it out? Well, I mean, I probably would try and get it back to where it was. And then and then sell just it sell it. <laughs> yeah. And move on. And is it, is just, it the kind of issue that people would notice right now if you tried to sell it, or is it something that maybe just you notice because you knew the way it was? Here's the thing: if you if, if he got it back to where it was just like a month ago, then I mean, it's a killer car. Well, yeah, that's, right? that's I agree. Yeah, I mean, it'd be has worth it actually it. lost power? No, it's just not very drivable. So that's the bit that, and you know, it heats up. It really heats up, and that's new. Yeah. And the fuel, the fuel economy's gone through the floor. Actually, on both cars, the '74 and that, the the fuel economy's radically dropped. But again, if you're misfiring or backfiring, and it's a fueling issue, like you're too rich, or both those things seem like they would fit into that category. Yeah. Yeah. Have you done a compression chest? No. Have you done a leak down test? No, I mean they did all that. Do with, it again. Yeah, with the motor, when on the, they especially built it. on that cylinder, because I think you're going to find that there's a valve problem on that cylinder. Yeah, I mean Jeff was like, it sounds like it needs a valve adjustment, right? Compression I'm, test. I would or, imagine they would compression do that test for you. and leak down test will tell you that like straight away. Yeah. Did they build the heads on the thing also? Yep. Yep. And then that's the their entire deal. valve train is them did they say they wanted to get it in for an a valve for a valve adjustment after a certain amount of miles or anything like that no i mean they were like bring it back at some point and okay anyway i've been playing phone tag with yeah maybe once you get in touch with them maybe it's time to just at least least start there honestly i think i don't know this but i think that like you say to them hey it's doing everything you just said Mm -hmm. and one of the cylinders is getting really hot 
uh, they're going to say, oh, yeah, we need to bring it in for a leak down test. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I mean, I made a bunch of notes about what's going on. I made a bunch of notes on the the 9-11 as well so that I I can say exactly what was going on so that when it goes back to the shop too, they've got an idea around like what was the driving condition and what was happening, you know, even like I made notes about RPM ranges and all that so that I can be pretty descriptive. Yep. Cool. If I could drive the 1602, I would do the same thing. So maybe I will, but I don't, I don't want to drive it very far. And I don't know that I want to drive it by myself because I don't want to be stranded anywhere. So I'll have to figure that out this weekend. I'll follow you. Well, not this weekend, but whenever. Yeah, thanks. You know I love that dumb shit. Yeah, it's just, again, one of those things where I'm like, again, and we've talked about this, so I don't need to go into grave detail, but like, I'm losing time at this point, and that that for me whether that's a rational thing or not i just want to be driving and enjoying the things that i've either built or acquired because it's the the fucking around and having garage art is just i'm done with that (laughs) i like that (laughs) garage art and then you know when i like looking at has anybody else noticed that gas prices spiked like more than 70 cents in the last like week what's that about I, I don't know, but I also have observed that gas prices are radically different, even just in and around San Jose. Yeah, well, premium premium unleaded anywhere you go right now is anywhere between six forty nine and six sixty nine a gallon. Yeah, it was at like six oh nine this weekend. Yep. Like I don't know what's going on with that. Maybe everybody that invested in Archer is also invested in Exxon. <laughs> What's the highest it was that? Remember, like a year and a half ago, it got really crazy. Gas. It was like seven fifty. Seven fifty. Yeah. Wow. Like I don't even remember that. I think it was out of the country. Hey, if you want to buy really expensive gas, go to Palo Alto. Yeah. yeah. Is that pretty bad? Seven fifty. Yeah. I think I took a picture of that when I sent it to you guys. Huh? Because I work in Palo Alto every now and then. I next to a gas station. You know the. Sand Hill Road when you go up to 280. Oh, that, yeah. That's, that shell yeah. station on the right. Always, yeah. always <laughs> overpriced. It's like, yeah. You What'd know. you call Palo Alto? Shallow Alto. Shallow Alto. Yeah. <laughs> yeah not this guy's got a nickname place. for everything. Anyway, yeah. So I just want to be out there driving. I don't blame you, man. Which, again, kind of like with the cars and coffee thing, too. Like, I think I've taken our own, like, I've taken on board what we actually said in our podcast. I'm like, yeah, that's right. Like, I don't know that I want to stand around looking at water-cooled 911s. No. When I can just go into a dealer and look at water-cooled 911s, and they're actually nicer at the dealer because they're brand new. Okay, well, so I, 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 we talked about that, and we also talked about like the whole Alpena police coming over. and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's not open that wound. But... Uh, the same cars and coffee at the same cars and coffee you had a really intense and seemingly rewarding conversation with the guy who had the like 73 or 74 air chris yeah i don't know i don't know his name but he, he like he had the he had the trunk open and the engine bay was immaculate had all the stickers on it that guy you remember it at You're talking, but he has the gold colored 2002 no, this was a 911. Okay. 
Not the same time as the Alpena, please? Different different time. Was it the red? It was a red car? Maybe. Like way, way back. Way, way back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah? That yeah. was a great conversation. Yeah. yeah. I remember, I remember, I remember thinking that at the time. I remember listening to the conversation and going, I don't know what you two are talking about, but it sounds like you're having a really good time having this conversation. And I, th- remember, I remember thinking, this is why... This is why we come to Cars and Coffee. This is why we want to connect and find these people because they have really interesting stories. Yeah. They have, like these cars that are not the like the 2015 to 2022 air cooled Porsche 911s that have been on journeys. Yeah. Like like um spiritually as well as like geographically. Which to be clear, we we love Porsche and we love all those cars, but well, we, you do. We, we've just seen enough of them. <laughs> Well, I mean, we no, it. no, I'm just saying this. Like, and this, good for you. I think it's great that you guys get out. There's no, it doesn't enrich you, right? That's what you're saying. It's like your comment about like, well, I can just go to the dealership if I want to see one of those. Like, I don't need to go to a Cars and Coffee to see those cars. And for the most part, the people that we have interacted with, because they don't do anything other than that car, right? They don't have any like enriching stories. Like, yeah. It's true. I mean, I'll give you an. I'll I'll contradict myself immediately, right? Aero guy. <laughs> yep. Right. Yep. That's a guy who's got a modern water cooled Porsche. Yeah. That is like, hey, you need to do these three things to your GT4. Yeah. Right. Because yep. aero this, aero that. Right. That's that's the kind of conversation that you don't get into anywhere else. Yeah, that's true. You're not going to have that conversation at the dealership because no. the dealership guys don't want to talk about that or maybe don't know that don't right? know anything about that yeah so like that's why i want would want to go to cars and coffees like to talk to somebody about like this or that like you're that you're never gonna meet otherwise yeah and i i think that's the thing is like we're sitting here talking about this right now it's like i i don't want to be disparaging to cars and coffee not at all like and i think had like let's use last weekend as an example had parking been available evan and i would have parked and we probably would have walked around and we would have talked to people and it would have been fine. It would have been fun. I would have, um, I would have much rather stopped and parked. I, I would have. I mean, I'm, I was happy to keep going, but I'm just saying, yeah, I would have preferred that because mainly because I just wanted a sandwich at that place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the food's definitely good there. But, you know, in the end, we ended up getting a good sandwich yeah. at the other place. And we met some people, too. Yeah. And I mean, again, I'm contradicting what we just said. It's like, but again sort of personally motivated by the guy who has a 2023 <laughs> 911T in the same color as the one that I wanted, right? Like, so in that moment, I definitely was like, yeah, let's look at the the water-cooled Porsche that I could see at the dealership, right? Because here's somebody who's a real-life test driver who can tell me all about it. Um, and that was that part was rewarding as well, like learning not just about the car, but how he thinks about the car and him in general. So like that was definitely a great and rewarding conversation, but we were on the side of the road. Essentially, you know, we were not sitting at Alice's like he was parked on the other side and he was like parked on 35. Um, so, you know, yeah, like I'm still into the car culture and I certainly am not like I just need to put a hundred thousand miles on a car and I don't need to talk to anybody. It's all about, you know, how fast can I apex? I I think back to the car building, that side of it, like that was a community in and of itself for me. Like I spent a lot of time talking to people like, How do I do this? What do I do? Right. And now I'm I'm done 
with that. I don't want to be in my garage by myself working on something. I want to be out hanging out and driving. Yeah. And, you know, the cars and coffee is great if you can park and it's not that much of a hassle. If it is that much of a hassle, I, I will opt for the driving at this point because that brings me joy. The cars and coffee for me, similar to what you're saying, is a great excuse to get out. I was like, what a cool destination. You know what I mean? And it was. But, but it to me, a really great the most important part is getting there and leaving the, the drive. Yeah. The drive surrounding it. Um, I think we had mentioned a couple podcasts ago. We were just like, this is the move. You know, the move is show up for a half an hour, park, drink your coffee, get your donut, hang out, and then drive. Yeah. You know, spend that time driving. Rather than sitting there for an hour, we could be driving for an hour. Yeah. So that that's definitely more me as well. Yeah. I get it. I don't know why I have this feeling of like time is short. I know why. Why? Because a lot of people our age are biting the dust man yeah i mean maybe that's a good place to end is like but you know a supporter of our podcast oddly enough in turn and cars and coffee that we've thrown from the bmw community wendell passed away over the last week week and a half and i mean i think most people in that community that are close to me are pretty devastated by that because he was a super nice guy had an immaculate absolutely immaculate uh, 2002 TII, fantastic photographer, very creative, very clever. Um, but you guys both met him as well, like just a generally nice human being who yep. was like curious about cars, whatever they were, you know, like not the one brand, one one expertise, and and would just talk to you about whatever. And that's, I mean, honestly, that's what we're we're about. So to have somebody in that regard pass away is, is crap. So yeah, you're right, Evan. I think you're right. I am feeling that. Like I, a, a friend of mine, not in the car scene, but a friend of mine, her husband passed away this week, and he's like a year older than me. And it's like, that can happen at any point. So I'm a, if, if I'm going out, I want to go out doing or having done a bunch of things that I wanted to do, not waiting Yep. Amen to that. I think it's valid, man. There's nothing wrong with thinking that. We're all in our 50s. Shit, shit's getting real. Fuck, am I? Sorry, dude. Sorry to break the news to you, but you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and I mean, you know, who knows what's going to happen with the rest? Like, and it's weird because you feel that pull in both directions. Like, am I killing the earth every time I like start the engine on this not well running 1600? <laughs> Well, that's that's that like the article I sent you yesterday. It's like not compared to all the fucking private jets. That's what I was just yeah, gonna say. Yeah. All the lithium mines out there to yeah. fucking feed Major the electronic industry. cars. Yeah. No. Yeah, and I mean I've come to grips with that, and I don't drive every day, and I certainly try and keep. I prioritize my non-essential driving above everything else. I will walk. I will take a bike. I will do whatever to do other things so that I'm, you know. So you can saving so you the can miles. Sleep at night. Well, you know, just saving the miles. <laughs> like I like both in terms of the cost. Like every time you go and fill up, as we were just saying, it's like ridiculous. And yeah, like I'm not like let's burn as much fossil fuels as whatever and like don't believe in global warming or any of those things. But you know, I guess I have the privilege of not having to get into a car every single day and drive to work, which I think is 
the actual thing that kills the earth. And I can reduce my driving throughout the week in other ways and save those miles for what's going to actually make me feel okay. When After I read that article that you're talking about, I, I remember thinking, and even that's kind of why I'm on my motorcycle right now. Oh, yeah? Is because I started thinking, Evan, like you've got this bike and you, you're more, I'm definitely more of like a bike guy than I was ever a car guy, but I'm definitely kind of switching now that I own the 911. I love it so much. <laughs> but um, if worst case scenario, it means I have to go back to being a, a bike guy and riding that all the time, then so be it. And I'll have a great time and everybody wins. But I'm happy that at least I have that kind of outlet that makes me feel slightly less guilty about burning a lot of fossil fuels. Yeah. My, my truck obviously is the worst contributor that I've ever owned six miles to the gallon and big old V eight nasty, nasty, nasty beast. Yeah. But I drive that thing once every two months. Right. Right. And when I drive it, I drive it like five miles. Yeah. So I don't feel too bad about that. And then I thought, well, damn, is now the time to sell it? I mean, if they're going to start outlawing those things, you know, and (laughs) what the truck. Yeah. Like maybe I should get rid of it now, get my money out of it. Before, I mean, is it going to be worthless or become super valuable later on? I have no idea. Yeah, hard to know. Hard to know. I mean, I don't really feel like I need the money. So therefore, it's like, well, what's the point? I'd rather just keep it. But I definitely think about that a lot. Yeah, I think it's rational. Yeah. I think that's where I'm at, too. It's like before it was like, yay, I'm building storage and can house four of these things. Amazing. And now I'm kind of like, <laughs> I don't know that that makes a lot of sense. It's like, yeah. let's get. You know, and I go back to what Ben said. Like, I, I hold on to what Ben said six months ago. It's like that ability to just get in and go out and have a good time no matter what you're doing. Whether you're going to the dry cleaners or the grocery store yeah. to pick up the yeah. dog. Like, I want every time I get in the car to be like, yay, I'm doing something amazing you will have that when your tea arrives yeah that's right i, I think so you. yeah oh, i yeah. know so yeah i mean that i didn't have that with the gt4 for all the reasons like everybody should go read up on the st um yeah yeah